0: Uh, if you have a Bible, turn to Psalms 1-3. Psalm 1-3. I read out of the New King James Version. And just so you know, if you, I, if, for those of you that don't know who, who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, Roy City. And we're so honored to have you here today. Uh, I, I'm only going to uh, throw one scripture at you today. So uh, I'm going a little bit light, but I'm laying a foundation for this new series that we're in called Planted. Come on. Uh, Psalm 1-3. You got it? Say amen. You don't? Say hold up. Well, man, I'm holding as long as I can. All right, it's going to be right here on the screen. You ready? Here it says, He shall be like a tree planted. Come on, touch three people by you and say planted. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in its season. Whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Come on, that's a good scripture for you. That's a good promise to grab a hold of right there. But I'm just going to read it to you again. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, that brings forth fruit in its season. Whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he or she does shall prosper. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man, but they've come to hear a word from. God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, let every life be changed. Let everyone fall more in love with you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, we are uh, not a quiet church in this because we say that a quiet church is a And we're not a dead church. Now, I know there's a lot of churches out there you can go to, and you can sit there, and you can be real quiet. But we believe this. The Word of God deserves a response. That means, uh, so you'll hear somebody, just, just don't freak out. You might not be the person that does it, but you might hear somebody beside you say, amen. Okay, that's all right. Don't, it's okay. Just relax. It's it's not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do anything crazy. Uh, but that just means this. It means so be it. Come on. It's responding to what God is saying. Okay. So it, whenever I hear somebody say something, I, I like to tell people this. Uh, uh, have you ever had a conversation with somebody that's an awkward conversation and you're talking and they're just staring at you, not saying anything. And you're like, are you understanding, like, are we speaking the same language? Are are we both, are we understanding each other? Because when you talk to somebody, you expect somebody to say, yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, that's good. Oh, yeah, you're right. Come on, is anybody else in here with me? You, you expect a response, and I feel like the same thing happens. God is When God is speaking to you, not that I'm God, but when God speaks to your heart, He wants you to respond. He doesn't want you just to sit there and be like, mm-hmm, that's yeah, just quiet. He wants you to say, man, that's good. Amen, I'll take that. That's really good. So, anyways, that's where, where we're at. Planets. Come on, somebody. Say planted. Uh, I, I love, we're in spring season, and, and I don't know if anybody else in here uh, loves a beautiful yard. I... Come on, you ever drive by and see like the yard of the month and you think they obviously don't have anything else to do? You're automatically judgmental. (laughs) Like, oh, there's one lady in our neighborhood and we'll drive by and every day for hours and hours and hours she is out in her yard pulling weeds like I'm and and I'm sitting here going, man, that's it, we wouldn't have grass if it wasn't for weeds in my house. You know, come on, you're pulling up good stuff. It's green right now. What are you doing? And uh, and so she spends hours and hours. But I can appreciate when I drive by and see there's another guy in our neighborhood and he is so hardcore about his yard that he uses uh, he uses a uh, a a mower, uh, the mower that's the just the blades. You know, it doesn't have an engine. And he's just, and he's green, and he's, he's out there, and I'm like, man, you are way more dedicated. But I will say this, his yard looks phenomenal. I mean, it is amazing. But I appreciate a good yard. My parents are these people. They always have, uh, they always have an incredible yard. Now, it looked nothing like this originally. When, when my parents moved in, the, the house that they moved into uh, or uh, bought was honestly about ready to be condemned. And they took it, they completely gutted it, completely remodeled it, and then went to work on the backyard and the front yard. Now, my parents' yard is incredible. It is beautiful. And the, the thing that I really like about my parents' yard is that I don't have to do anything. I just show up and sit in a chair and I get to enjoy, come on, the green grass under my feet, the St. Augustine that runs throughout their yard, and and there's these massive pecan trees that hang overhead that give you just the right amount of shade. Come on, if there's anything that a bald man appreciates, it's shade, and Matt and Cole said, amen. Uh, the, the truth is, is that we love, if you ever are needing shade, find a bald guy and follow him, because he will find shade, uh, but but I love this shade, and then, then my mom always has these beautiful water fountains that are going, you know, you can hear the water fountains and and she has all these flower uh, she's on acre and and they have she has tons of flower beds that are full of ivy and and they have all I mean she's got all the new flowers and plants and shrubs and everything looks amazingly beautiful so much so that we always go over there about this time of year and we look around and we think I could do this we could, we could handle this. Me and my wife come up with a plan that we are going to have a beautiful backyard. So we go down to Lowe's and we, we go through and we buy the flowers, we buy the plants, we buy all of this stuff, and we go home and we plant it. Now then, for a couple of weeks, our yard looks spectacular. It looks amazing. You come over and you go, oh my gosh, your yard looks really good. But there's something that happens after a couple of weeks because we always forget to water we forget now it has gotten better because we do have a sprinkler system so at least the flower beds can survive but it's all the potted plants that begin to wilt and look bad and and we go oh my gosh we forgot to water and we'll try to catch up but it just doesn't ever seem to make the difference it's too far gone crystal will say this you'll hear her say this that she's hospice for plants that means that she helps them transition into the afterlife and and uh and so uh <laughs> She she's just really good at at killing. She's Dr. Kevorkian, and uh she kills them off pretty quick. But uh she here here's the thing is there's nothing wrong with the plant. There's nothing wrong with the plant. The truth is, is that me and my mom, we buy the plants at the same location. We go down to Lowe's or wherever it is that you go. We buy the same plants. We, we, we come home, we plant it in the ground. The problem isn't with the plants. The problem is where the plants are planted. See, you gotta get this on the inside of you that where you are planted in life makes a massive difference in how you survive. You will either thrive or you will find yourself Lacking what what you're wanting to see in your life, you got to get see. Everybody in here wants to be like the tree in Psalms one three. We always want to be. We want to be. Uh, we want to have uh, fruit that remains. We want to be prosperous. Come on, we want to be like that tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. But most of us don't understand that the tree is not awesome uh, or does not bear fruit because it's awesome. It doesn't. It doesn't. Its leaf doesn't wither because it's better than everybody else. Come on. It's not its not anything that the tree does, but it's where the tree is planted that makes all the difference in the world. And I think this, that a lot of people under th- are looking around at everybody else's fruit thinking, I wish I could have that. I wish I could be like that. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be them. I wish I could have that. And we don't understand that we're seeing fruit because they have remained planted. They have kept planted in the process that God has for them, and they're not going from one place To the next, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, wondering why they're not seeing the fruit. They're just staying planted in the process and watching God work on their behalf. It's important to remain planted if you're ever going to see the fruit. I was having uh, lunch with a couple of youth pastors several years ago and And uh, we were just kind of talking. I didn't really know these guys. And so I I was like, hey, uh, I began to go around the the table and just kind of asking about themselves. And really, uh, they all were hired on at pretty big churches and had impressive resumes. And as I was talking to them, this one guy, he said, yeah, I I worked for uh, this pastor for a year. And then I had an opportunity that came up, and, I, and then I, I swung over, and, and I started working for this guy, for, and I worked for him for two years, and it was, it was pretty okay, it was good. And then I had another position that opened up, and so I went, I applied for that, and I took that job, and I worked for them for three years, and then I ended up uh, hearing about this job, and I applied for it, and got it, and I, I came here. And I was like, Wow. It's amazing. Then I went to the next guy, and the next guy's story was really no different. It was pretty much the same exact thing. He, he, he might have stayed a couple more years at this place and then gone here. But it was all the same. It was a lot of jumping around. And every time I talked to every one of them, they, they it was the same story. It was just over and over again. We, I was here for a couple of de- uh, years. I went over here. I went there. And it was over and over again. Then they got to me. And now then, in this moment, I feel like... Um, I'm like, okay. They said, well, tell us your story. I'm like, well, really, there's not much to tell. Well, what do you mean? I said, well, I have served the same man in ministry for 18 years. And in that moment, they looked at me completely shocked. And they said this, and I never will forget it. Now, this isn't bragging on me, but I never will forget it. They said, I have never talked to another youth pastor that has served a pastor for more than five years. I have never talked to another youth pastor that has served a pastor for more than five years. And those words hit me. And and at first, let me just say this. At first, I was really impressed with their resume, thinking, man, they've worked for this ministry and they've done this. But I left there that day feeling more accomplished than they did because I had stayed planted in the process. I had stayed planted in the place that God had put me. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't always the thing that I wanted to do. There were times that I would look out and say, man, I should do something else. But I remain planted in the process that God had for me in that moment. I think a lot of times we get into this place to where we look at what our grandparents have, and we look at what our parents have, and we're comparing our lives to them, and we want everything that they have, but we're not willing to take the time to get what they have because there's a process that goes along with it. Come on, my grandparents have been married for 60-plus years, and they they worked the same job that he retired from, and he lived in the same house and he worked on it and he fixed it up and he made it what it is and I look at that and I say man that is incredible fruit. It's not the next trend it's not the next thing. It's something that he stayed planted he served in the local church where he was at. He showed up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday not always feeling like he wanted to be there but he kept showing up and I look at that and I think that is more spectacular than somebody that moves from place to place to place to place looking For the next thing, can I hear an amen? And most of us don't understand. I feel like we've my my generation was bad at this. But I feel like the next generation is worse because we don't understand that there is this process and we're sitting around and we're asking God for more and we're asking God and we, we expect immediate fruit. We expect something to happen overnight. And, I, and I'm, I'm always amazed at the people in, that I see over and over again that constantly uproot themselves and constantly go from one thing to the next. There's some of you, you can't get a promotion in your job because you won't stay planted for more than six months. There's some of you that you don't have a healthy marriage because you're not willing to go through the process to have that healthy marriage. Come on, you, 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 think, you look at people that have happy marriages and you think, oh, they just don't have any problems. We have people that come up to Crystal and I and go, oh, I just hope that we can be like y'all. Y'all must never argue. She's argumentative, let me just She's a hard-headed woman. I'm just gonna, I got the mic, I can say what I wanna say. I am completely gracious and completely peaceful And I'm always just trying to go with the flow. And I usually say, yes, dear, whatever you say, honey, you're right. And she just keeps coming at me. No, the truth is, is that we argue come on. If you don't argue in your marriage, you don't talk in your marriage because two people becoming one is not an easy thing. But I'm here to tell you that you got to understand that there is a process to having a healthy marriage and it's not just going from one thing to the next and hoping it's going to be good. There's a process in having a healthy marriage and that is investing in your marriage, taking time in your marriage, spending time and being planted in this process. Is it always good? No. Is it always happy? No. There's times that you fight and there's times that you love, but always going from one season to the next, understanding that it's a process. Our first year was nightmare. Second year was better. Come on, fourteen years later, it's good. It keeps getting better and better. But there's a process. But here, I'd be amiss if I didn't tell you that the process can be frustrating. Has anybody in this place ever been frustrated with the process? Anybody in this place ever been frustrated? with the process. I have been frustrated more times than I can count. I, I worked for my dad for eighteen years. I don't know if you have ever worked for a parent, but it is not always easy. Sometimes it is extremely difficult. You know why it's so difficult? Because you're a lot like them. And so you end up fighting and arguing, and there was times that I would think, man, you know what? It would be easier for me to look like all the other youth pastors going from one job to the next job to the next job, fighting for a promotion. But the truth is, is that I understood that there was a process that God had me in. There were things that I learned during that process that prepared me for this process. And you got to get on the inside of you. There's things that God wants to teach you where you if you would just stay planted in the process but the process can be frustrating come on how many of you have ever worked out and you on oh, come on january 1 i am going to look like i did in high school again let me just tell you all you high school kids don't get fat come on everybody said just put the cheeseburger down man it's so much easier just to stop now while you're ahead but January 1, we have all these people that are saying, oh, I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to, I'm going to be fit. I'm going to look amazing. I'm going to do this. And, and it goes along really well for a time. But then what happens is, is we all begin to stop doing what we know to do. Because if, let me just say this. If everybody looked amazing the first time they worked out, come on, we would all have amazing bodies. But the truth is, is that it doesn't happen overnight. It happens because you know the reason why they look amazing and we don't? is because they show up morning after morning. When they feel like it, they're working out. When they don't feel like it, they're working out. And they keep showing up day after day after day after day, doing the same thing over and over and over again. And that's the reason why they have the fruit that they have. And I want you to understand in this place that you got to understand that there's a process that God has you in. And you're wanting the fruit to happen right now. But you've got to keep showing up day after day, after day. Come on, the Bible says to be faithful in the little things. Come on, somebody. Faithful in the little things, and He will reward you over much. Most of us are wanting the reward without ever experiencing any of the faithfulness. We're wanting God. Come on, give me God. Come on, hurry up. Make it happen. But the truth is, is that God is saying, be faithful in the little things. Keep going through the process. Keep taking the next step. Keep going through it again and again and again and again, and you'll begin to see the fruit you want to see. There's three attitudes that I I want you to see that I, I, I really feel like these attitudes, if you're not careful, will creep into your life and uproot you. And everybody in here that has teenage girls knows that everybody has an attitude. Teenage boys, little boys, little girls, wives, come on. I'm going to be in trouble. Husbands, come on. We all have attitudes. We all have things. But there's three attitudes that, if you're not careful, will creep into your life and begin to uproot you and will uproot you from the process that God has you in. You ready to hear them? The first thing, the first attitude that you have to watch out for is an attitude of entitlement. This is simply this. If I can break it down, it's I deserve it. Come on, this is this if this doesn't describe most of us today, I don't know what does. I deserve it. I was talking to uh, Brad Tittle and he's a car salesman and he was he was telling me. He said, "Yeah, Brian, you know, it's amazing to me because I'll have guys that come in and they want to buy the newest car and they they're they're, t- they're looking at it and and they show me, they fill out all the paperwork and these guys will make $200,000 plus a year. And everything is going good and everything looks okay and we're checking all the boxes and and then we get ready to okay, well you got to put down the down payment. And he said, and these guys that make $200,000 plus a year can't come up with a $500 down payment because they have so many things. They have the nicest house. They have the nicest cars. They have boats. They have four-wheelers. Come on. They have the sea doos They have all of these other things, and they have this attitude of entitlement, like I work hard, so therefore I deserve it. And most of us have maxed out credit cards because of the attitude of entitlement. You can't do what you know you need to do because you can't afford to. Because we have an attitude of entitlement like, I deserve it. I deserve to have this. You don't understand. I've been through some hard times. I deserve the shoes. I deserve this new car. I deserve the new gun. Come on. Whatever it is, you're sitting back and you have this attitude of entitlement and it's destroying your life. There was a a girl who uh, I was talking to in my youth group. And she was getting ready to graduate, and uh, she was uh, graduating high school. And we were, and I said, uh, "Well, let me ask you a question. You know, uh, what do you what do you want to do?" And uh, she said, uh, uh, "I, I want to be famous." And I said, oh, "Okay, well, that's good. Good for you. You know, uh, well, do you sing? No. Okay. Do you play an instrument? Mm-mm, no. Do you act? Mm-mm, nope. And I'm, now I'm searching. I'm uh, cooking. You, you, cook, you cook? You're cook going to have a cooking show? I, I mean, I'm searching for things. No. In fact, I really don't have any talents. I don't have any gifts, nothing really special that I do, but I just know that I should be famous. Now, I'm looking at her in this moment thinking what an attitude of entitlement looks like in this little girl. Because here she is thinking, I don't know why I should be famous, but I just know that I deserve to be famous. I don't know why I should have all that I I want, but I just know that I should have it. And I sat back and I was trying to explain to this girl, you have to understand the reason why the people that you see on TV are famous is because they took time to develop a gift, a talent, an ability in the private place, and and then all of a sudden they ended up in a public place. you got to understand, that some of you are looking back thinking i deserve something i should have it i need it and you're not taking the time to develop what god has given you to develop and there's some of you that need to be working on your talents you need to be working on your gifts you need to be working on your abilities and you need to stop saying god why haven't you and god is sitting there saying why haven't you developed what i've given you we have an attitude of entitlement we get frustrated with the process the second attitude that we have to watch out for is an attitude of impatience. Oh, man, this is a popular message. Attitude of impatience. This is the attitude of I can't wait. Come on. We live in a microwave generation. No home-cooked meals anymore that take hours and hours and hours. And There's none of that. Come on. There's, there's a, we get biscuits out of a can. We, can. we can do anything, and we can make it quicker. How many of you have ever found yourself microwaving something and tapping your foot? thinking, how long is this minute going to take? This is ridiculous. Because we have this—we have an impatience on the inside of us where we're like, man, this has got to hurry up. We're not getting there nearly fast enough. Now, I was reading uh, some statistics the other day, and they said uh, they were talking about internet and, and all this other stuff, and they said, used to, uh, you, when the internet first came out, you had three minutes to grab somebody's attention. Whether it's an article, website, whatever it is, you have three minutes to grab their attention. Now they say it's lower than 30 seconds because we've gotten this thing where, listen, if you don't wow me in the first 10 seconds, guess what? I'm out of here. If you don't do something uh, spectacular really quick right off the bat, I'm out of here because we have this attitude of impatience. You better do something for me quickly or I'm out. And we have an attitude of impatience. My daughter, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, she uh, was eating a piece of fruit and of course they discovered there's a season there where they discover seeds. And uh, for those of you that have kids you understand that when a kid understands that a seed can make something whatever they are eating, uh, more of it they get they are just mesmerized by this and so they go out. Uh, our backyard was so dug up because everything had to be planted. Everything apples we're gonna have apple trees. Come on, they, she would go out, and we would, okay, we're going to go out and plant it. Well, one day she decided that she wanted to plant potatoes, because who doesn't like carbs? Amen. And, uh, and so we go out, and we, we dig up, uh, we, we dig a little hole, and we put the potato in, and we cover it up, and we actually did water it. And, uh, and so we were, we were watering it, we were taking care of it. And uh, the next day, my daughter come in, came in, and she said, Dad, uh, there's a problem. I said, what is it? Uh, potato, it's not not growing, it's not doing Doing anything, and I said, uh, "Well, Bradley, we just planted it yesterday. It takes time for that to grow. It takes time for it to happen." And she said, uh, "Okay." Next day, she comes in and she said, uh, "Dad, still something wrong with the potato? Not growing? We've waited, and it's still not happening." And I said, Braley, it takes a long time for this thing to actually grow. And this happened a few days. And finally, I went out with her to look. And, and she did something that amazed me. And, and I realized that what she had been doing is every day she would go out to check on the potato. But every day she would dig the potato up to look at it. She would look at it, and there was nothing happening in the potato. And so she would put it back in the ground. She would cover it up and come in and give me a report. Now, here's the thing is there's a lot of people who live their lives exactly this way. We go out and we, we we have this seed that God has put in our life. It's a talent, it's ability, it's a gift, it's a job, it's a marriage, it's whatever it is, and we go out and we have this thing planted, and we go out every day and we're pulling up the, the what we have planted, and we say, God, it's not doing what it said it's going to do. It doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like on the box. It doesn't look like everybody else, and we're constantly day after day after day uprooting our lives and saying, it's not happening quick enough. It's not happening fast Fast enough. God, why haven't you done it in the time frame that I want it to be done in? And you got to understand that it takes time just to get to where God wants you to be. It takes time to get through the process that God wants you to get through. You can't be impatient. I wish that it happened overnight. Come on. If things happened in my time frame, we would already have a building. Amen. I mean, if, if things happen in my time frame, it would already be done. Like, it's built, it's ready to go, we moved in. But guess what? It doesn't happen in my time frame. I show up in a city, and I plant a seed, which is my life. And I set back, and I work the soil, and I do what God told me to do over and over and over again. And we just keep pouring into people's lives, and we keep doing what God has told us to do, and we don't see any results. But I'm here to tell you that one day, we will set back, and we will have a building, and we will see what God has done because we have been faithful in the little things and God will reward us over much. You just have to keep showing up and doing what God has called you to do and be patient in the process. You got to be patient. The Bible says patience is a virtue, but it's not a virtue that many of us have. I'm impa- I'm preaching to myself here. I'm impatient. Listen, I ain't got time for you. Ain't nobody got time for that? Come on. That's me. I don't have time for this. It's you don't understand. I'm in a hurry. I've got things to do. I, I have to move along. Have you ever looked at somebody's life? I, I can I can get into the comparison game really quickly because Billy Graham was selling out convention. I mean, a massive uh, stadiums when he was thirty years old, preaching to stadiums of people. And I'm 35. You can't get into this place to where you're looking at everybody else's fruit saying, God, why doesn't it look like mine? You just have to be patient and keep showing up and doing what God has called you to do. And you'll begin to see the fruit that you want to see. The last attitude is an attitude of ungratefulness. How many of you can't stand an ungrateful kid? Oh, my gosh. There are very few things that burn me up like that. Uh, and this is Braylee's day, and I think that's why she went to Children's Church, because Brayley, uh one day, she loves animals. She loves all things animals, and we have a, a, a dog that's a weenie, okay? She's a chihuahua and weenie dog, and she's sweet, but she's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and so I, I'm sitting here going, okay, you know, she she doesn't really do much. She doesn't play. In fact, if Rosie's her name, and if Rosie has anything that she's good at, it's sleeping. She sleeps all day, every day. I mean, she's awake very small amount of time. Well, one day, my daughter got into her head that she wanted a border collie. Now, they are the... Act exact opposite of what Rosie is because they are full of energy, and I didn't want another dog, so I told her, I said, no, Braylee, we're not getting another dog. Now, Braylee has an emotional breakdown and begins to cry and complain, and, and I, mean, I mean, she is full outfit, and saying, I want this, I need this, you don't understand, I don't have anything, I don't have, it. and I I mean, I lost it. And so what I did was, is I said, okay, here's the deal, Braley, I want you to sit down right here, and I gave her a piece of paper, and I said, now then, I want you to write 50 things that you're thankful for. It's good parenting advice. 50 things that you're thankful for, and so she's, of course, still crying, and she writes one, and she says, uh, my room, and then two, and my this, and she goes through, and she gets to, and her attitude the entire time is beginning to change slowly but surely and finally she gets to 50 and she says dad can I keep going and I said absolutely keep going and so she gets to 60 and then to 70 and to 80 and to 90 and to 100 and she's like I could keep going if I wanted but I'm ready to go play with some of my stuff see she had developed an attitude of ungratefulness and didn't realize all that she had in her life there was a a good friend of mine who had a daughter and uh she was a, a really sweet girl, but she was a, a little bit bratty. Bible down, Bible down, I got it. Some of y'all are like, what, What? Bible down. Uh, but uh, she was a uh, really sweet girl, but uh, she, w- at, at this time she was about three years old. And they had her sitting in a high chair, and she loved Fruit Loops. And uh, she was eating Fruit Loops, and we were all in the living room kind of hanging out and, and talking. And all of a sudden we hear this scream. Of course, everybody runs in there. And this little girl's name was Maddie. And she had a tray full of Fruit Loops, and she had a fistful of Fruit Loops in one hand, and a fistful of Fruit Loops in the other, and her mouth was full of Fruit Loops. And everybody, what, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she goes, "I need more Fruit Loops." We're like, "You have Fruit Loops." No, I need more Fruit Loops. And I think there's a lot of people who have a handful of an amazing family. They have another handful of a great job, and their mouth is full of the goodness of God, and they spend more time crying about what they don't have than thanking God for what they do have. They spend more time complaining about everything that's wrong in their life on Facebook and over and over and all their friends instead of saying, you know what, I'm thankful. God, you've given me an amazing family. Lord, I thank you that you've given me an incredible job. God, I thank you that you showed up in my life and you paid my bill over and over over again God I thank you that I have a health in my body and I'm not sick God I thank you come on I wish somebody would stop being ungrateful for what they have in their hand and start thanking God for what they already have in their lives be thankful quit being ungrateful understand that there's a process that God is trying to get you from the where you are to where you want to be but the problem is is that there's a process that takes time to get there There's a process that takes time to begin to bear fruit. There's a process that takes time to see everything that you want to see in your life. And you have to be patient in the process. You have to be grateful in the process. Thanks for listening to the Church Royce City podcast. We are always encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share how God is moving in your life, please email amen at thechurchrc.com.